Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Many of you have been faithful listeners and givers for the eight awesome years of this podcast, and we so appreciate you. We're taking a little break in order to redesign our podcast. In the meantime, we're putting up some of our favorite, most listened to episodes. We hope they encourage you to apply grace to your daily life. This episode is from our Cure and Parent series. Listen in. Welcome to the True Face Podcast. Welcome, Welcome everyone. We're all here. Yeah. Hey. Terrific. Continuing in our Cure and Parents series, and we're still talking about rules and guidelines and bills here, so we can actually have something to say. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, last week, we were talking uh, about what it looks like for a parent to be able to kind of evaluate who they are so that they can free their child. And this week, we're going to give you some really practical uh, ideas from the book. Yes? Practical ideas. <laughs> He's bringing it back. Bringing it back. I can't <laughs> help it. Yeah. Okay. If you've been with us long enough, then then just duck because yeah. we're going to start singing at you again. Uh, so do we want to uh, go ahead and read from... Please. We're going to start on page 15 of The Cure and Parents at the very bottom. And uh, you can still get this on uh, iBooks. You can still get this on Amazon. Um, so let's see. If you could just see us, Bill just just totally made you lose your concentration completely. He said, let's start yeah, we here. Have, we have radio yeah. silence for just a moment. Okay. In children's early development, rules are a profound and wonderful protection. Rules protect their hearts and give them a way of safely interacting with their world. But without a plan to gradually release them to discover guidelines and principles, rules alone become a destructive life pattern and an inadequate motivation for life. As children grow and mature, guidelines must begin to replace rules. A rule is a directive, a prohibition, aimed at governing a specific behavior. It is inflexible and comes with a direct penalty if violated. Early on, it can give healthy protection and boundaries for children before they can morally reason through wrong and right, dangerous and safe behavior. Rules are a great gift from the Father. They never go completely off the screen in our lives. Business, government, and societies always work best with rules and laws in place. But the human heart needs much more, and much less. Over time, if rules are all we use to parent, our kids can learn a resentful response of begrudging compliance. They can end up doing the behavior to avoid a penalty and never get to learn the beauty of heartfelt obedience. Eventually, a rule for a rule's sake can create a rebellion similar to what Israel experienced towards the law. Israel rebelled because they largely didn't trust the person of God. They were only afraid of the authority of God. They most often didn't live out of relationship, but only an external, begrudging compliance to the law. The heart never got a chance to obey. The law was actually employed by God to, so that unrighteousness would be revealed. Their sin would increase, and they would be compelled to cry out for a Messiah. So, like Israel with God, our children, if they don't learn to trust us, may learn only to be afraid of our authority. A guideline is much different. A guideline is worthless to a one-year-old, but wonderfully life-giving to a ten-year-old. It gives more direction than directive. It employs a principle, a way of seeing, to help children understand how to navigate a variety of life decisions. The guideline is relationally communicated, allowing children to own their choices in heartfelt obedience rather than compliance to a rule. It communicates consequences on the basis, protection, and freedom within the truth being given. 
A guideline teaches excellent skills for navigating new choices ahead, choices that rules can never anticipate. In brief, a rule says, you will not do this or else. A guideline says, here is why you would choose these behaviors and not those. And I will stand with you as you mature in these choices. Let's look at an example of how we might start with rules and gradually move into guidelines at various ages. Imagine standing with your child, looking out at the lightly traveled neighborhood street in front of your house. When your child is two, the rule is clear and direct, without conditions or exceptions. Do not go into the street. End of conversation. You, of course, surround the rule with your commitment, love, and consistency. But the rule is inflexible, and there are age-appropriate consequences explained and consistently enforced for violating it. Because you love your children, you give the rules sometimes long before they are able to understand the reasons you're giving it. When your child is five, that same rule starts to be nuanced with further explanation, reasoning, and consequences. Don't go into the street without looking both ways for cars. Do you understand how important it is to look both ways? Sometimes there are cars coming that you won't be able to see right away. We want, to, we want you to be safe because we love you so much. But if you ignore what I'm asking, you won't be able to cross the street to see your friends. When your child is nine, you might find yourself with a football in your hand, asking your child, you think we'd be okay to play catch in the street? What should we be concerned about? You are now standing with your child together exploring the risks, freedoms, and consequences of an event. This conversation will now also inform future, yet unseen, opportunities and dangers. The rule has now morphed beautifully into a life-giving guideline. Pretty cool stuff. Parents and kids learning how to navigate life together. Maybe your nine-year-old child in the street would smile and respond to you, Dad, I've seen your passes. I'm not sure we're safe on any street. <laughs> Great line. Great line. As we um, look at this passage, or this portion, I, I just am thrilled at what we've done here to help me and others understand, gosh, rules are important. They really are. But something's actually more important for my development as a person, as a Christian, even my maturity as a saint. And that is, I get to participate in my life choices. And there are benefits and consequences. Mm -hmm. In here we have that phrase, uh, heartfelt obedience. Yeah, we've teach it all over the place, but in reality, I, I'll never experience truth till I trust it, and and I'll never know I trust truth until I obey it. That's what this is all about. This is all about a process in which I am learning how beneficial it is for me to not be afraid of rules. Well, and it also it also tees up. That section on compliance that says, if your kids only comply, they will hold you responsible right. for their life choices. This allows them to say, no, I am responsible for my life choices. I was yeah. given the opportunity to be right. responsible. There's crazy nuance and all kinds of reason why no one would agree with what you just said, John. What, what does that even mean that they'll hold us responsible for our life choices because we gave them rules? It, it means that they never got a chance to own their choices, they only got a chance to respond what your expectation mm -hmm. was of their choices. Mm -hmm. So if I only live 
in the expectation of your choices for me, then when you're not there, I don't know how to make a choice. I don't. I'm lost. But before I'm lost, I'm already resentful. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm cre- When I'm in compliance, I'm creating resentment in my spirit towards you as my parent. So you literally not allowed your child to grow up and mature into being able to make wise choices. Exactly. And and like we just said, they will then, as they mature, they will then say, it was my dad or my mom or my background or whatever. And that's why I made my choice. And a lot of people in our culture today are never taking responsibility for their choices ever. So you're saying hardline control as a parent is a bad thing? I'm saying it's a horrible thing, unless they're two and you don't want them to go on the street. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's a horrible thing, and it's so dangerous. It's so frightening. I can hear parents listening to it going, oh, gosh, you're scaring me. You're just scaring me. I, I don't know how to do this with my kid. I, if I don't have rules, if it, you guys mentioned here about my authority. Oh, my gosh, they've got to respect I, Yeah. Respecting your authority is really important, but your authority must never be at the expense of your person, Mm. ever. You know, what's interesting is we were happy to have just taught the theory, and then Kelsey, David's wife, who has three young children, said, what do you mean? (laughs) Explain this. Play this out. And she was the one who helped us really uh, put feet to this. Yeah, I agree. When you apply this concept to the larger culture and you talk about resentment and rebellion, Mm -hmm. um, and we make that line that businesses – And governments and societies always work best with rules and laws in place. Uh, That's true, but they work a whole bunch better when the people who are under those rules and laws have matured to the point where they can make choices of maturity. Otherwise, you have all kinds of people trying to break those rules and being resentful for being under those rules and rationalizing why they shouldn't have to obey those rules. And what happened was they never in their families got a chance to grow up and make mature choices. So now they resent the rules. Mm-hmm. It's true in a family. It's true in a culture. Absolutely. But and, Tito and makes the, the trains run on time. It's, yeah. it's true in the church. That's right. And that's the cult- any culture you talk about. Yeah. Uh, businesses. You, yeah. you have all kinds of people trying to get away yeah. with things. Uh, church. Uh, performing uh, in in the culture at large. That's why in our particular culture in North America, we have so many resentful folks. Yep. And it goes right back to family yep. of origin. How did I grow up? Oh, under rules. This is so hard because you may be able to perfectly assess that things are not right. But if no one ever gave you the opportunity to grow up, then there's a good chance that you don't yet know how to do anything with what you can yeah, assess. That's a, good insight. that's a great statement. And that is a particularly defeating feeling, and that will right. make you feel powerless and angry. That's right. One other thought of this, and that is, as a parent, it's much easier to just have rules. That's right. 
It's just have rules. What's really hard? You stop it. Exactly. What's and that's really, why some parents really thrive in that first year yeah. and then are helpless <laughs> at age 12, you know. Yeah, because what's really hard is to take the time with the child to explain the reasoning for the principle in the guideline. I mean, a lot of children growing up, um, I think of one of my grandkids, his clothes never matched. They just never matched when he got to dress himself. Never got, never matched. Addison. Yeah. yeah and our, and our, our daughter never said to him, you can't wear that. Yeah. She wanted him to make the choice of his clothing. And eventually it made sense to him that things should match. But if she just said to him, don't you ever wear that, he, he loses that ability to understand the reason why things might match. That's about to come up in a couple chapters. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Well, we will see you next week on uh, the True Face podcast. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the True Face podcast. If you would like to join the many listeners who support True Face financially or sign up for our monthly newsletter, please visit trueface.org. If you'd like to read the materials these podcasts reference, visit trueface.store.